0: Hello, friends, and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. He is risen, Christ is risen indeed, and we are continuing our character sketch series as we look at the sacrifice of Jesus. Leading us in this installment of our series and our celebration on Resurrection Sunday is our senior pastor, the Reverend Dr. Jared Ott. Here he is with our Easter Sunday message. Thank you for listening. Well, happy Easter, everybody. It's great to see you all here. My name is Jared Adam, the senior pastor. So glad that you're here with us uh, today on this this Resurrection Sunday. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you that we can sing those praises. Lord, it's so wonderful to be in your house this morning, knowing that we don't just serve a dead God, we serve a risen God. Lord, we are eternally grateful. Lord, we thank you for what you did for us on the cross. You died for us. You took our sin there, Lord, and you died, but you rose again. So thank you. Help us to have that attitude here today and speak to us, Lord, as you speak to us in your word, Lord. I pray that my lips are your lips, my heart is your heart, and that you impress upon us the message you want us to hear this morning, and that you penetrate each and every one of our hearts. I ask all this in your precious name. Amen. Wasn't well, it great this morning what Pastor Jamie did up there on stage with that, uh, that piece of art? Isn't that awesome? It's so great. You know... You may come in this morning if you're new. Uh, we want to welcome you. If you're new, you may come in and go, man, they, uh, they're doing a rap, and they're doing uh, painting. It must be a very artsy church. A so senior pastor must be very artsy. Nope. I have no idea how Jamie did that. In fact, I asked Jamie like eight times how he was going to do that. And uh, he was talking about how he was going to peel it off. And he was, I said, you're going to paint it? He said, no, I'm going to peel it. Uh, I said, well, I don't understand how you're going to peel it. He said, well, it's already painted. I said, well, then why would you just paint it? So uh, we got into a big argument about it. And uh, I bet that he couldn't do it, and he did. And so I was wrong. But it's great to be able to have um, kind of artsy people here. In fact, if you didn't see the tomb uh, when you walked in, you need to go over the commons and see the tomb out there. It's pretty fantastic. Cardboard and foam is what that tomb is made of. Powerful. Very artsy. In fact, a lot of people would think I was an artsy person. I am not. In fact, my wife knows that I'm not artsy at all. I don't get it. I love the idea of it. I love having things that we could do. We're doing character sketch here. Uh, my wife uh, knows I'm not artsy. In fact, a few weeks ago, we were at an event... And she asked. Uh, we were on a trip, and she said, "They have an art gallery. Can we go? Can we go, Jared?" I was thinking, "Absolutely not," but I will go. And uh, she said, "Just sit there." I said, "I will sit there. I will enjoy it." And so I remember, though, real clearly, because art really moves people, right? And I remember sitting there and watching all these people come through and looking at all these pictures. And I remember real vividly there was this one woman who came in and was looking at a piece of art and. She almost started shaking. Like she said, I, I just, I see it. I, I, I recognize it. I realize the artist, it's so powerful. I, I've got to buy this thing. It's so, I just want to cry. And I thought, man, this lady is really getting into this art, right? Looking at this thing, feeling like she was going to cry. I said, I, I, I got to see what this picture looks like. Because I couldn't see it. Because it was like facing her, and I'm looking at her, and it's like this. And so uh, after she left, I kind of walked around. And I was like, what is this amazing piece of art? And it was this, something like this. This is called Rainbow, right? it's called, uh, Rainbow Bridge all kitties go to heaven, right? (laughs) Now, I looked at that, and I thought two things. First off, my nine-year-old daughter could have painted that. Secondly, when I get to heaven, if there's a bunch of feral cats running around, I'm going to be severely disappointed. I went over to my wife and I said, we're out, we're leaving right now. (laughs) But art moves people, right? Once you realize the significance of it, you respond. This painting right here and I'm hesitant to even say, because I know what happened last night, but we're giving it away. So the first person who wants it has got to come up to Pastor Jamie afterwards and, and he can claim it. Now last night we had a fantastic service here, and somebody came up before the service was even over and started claiming this. They said, I want to buy it. We thought, that's fantastic, Jamie. We could sell this thing and make some money, right? So it got me thinking of art, and how much people want to respond once they know uh, the artist and the significance of it. And I found I came across this uh, character sketch here, this one here. Um, that is a famous character sketch. That sold for $48 million. $48 million. But you realize that that sketch was one of the last character sketches done by the famous ar- uh, artist Raphael. So people are moved by it. And they'll, they'll spend... They'll spend millions of dollars for it because they realize the significance. So it got me thinking a few weeks ago, I showed a character sketch of mine that somebody made at the zoo. Uh, this is me and my wife there. <laughs> Fantastic. So I put it on eBay. I thought, let's see how much we can get. There it is on eBay. Reverend Jared Ott, price 100 bucks, no offers yet. So <laughs> it hurts my feelings that nobody has purchased that yet. <laughs> Listen, nobody's going to buy that, right? <laughs> Nobody's going to buy it. You may recognize that that's me, but you're going to realize real quick there's no significance to it. And therefore, you're not going to respond. You may say, what is your point? The point is is that when you look at the face of Jesus here today, most people are going to recognize who he is. That he was a man that walked on this earth, but you're not going to realize, some people won't ever realize the significance of it, and therefore never going to respond to it. You see, once you realize the significance of who he is and what he's done for you, then you can respond. Otherwise, it's just a picture. It's just a painting. It's just, you'll look at it and go, oh, that's got some great features to it. It's, it's, he's got hair and a beard. Or you may look at that and go, yeah, he was, he was a real person. Listen, it's, it's moving from head knowledge to heart knowledge because other religions believe and know that, recognize that Jesus was a real person. The Muslim community recognizes that Jesus was a real person. They just don't... They they don't realize what he's done, and therefore they're never going to respond. My hope and prayer is that when you walk out of here today, that you not only recognize who Jesus is, but you respond accordingly. You see... You are here this morning, whether you've been at church a long time or you, you don't come very often, you recognize this week as a significant week, don't you? You wouldn't be here unless you knew that, unless you got lost, in which case, thanks for being here this morning. Uh, but you recognize this is a, a holy week. In fact, if you watch the news this week, if you're watching any talk shows or anything like that, it's like Faith Week here uh, in America. And they're talking all these different stories. I, I watched some uh, articles and, and some news uh, clippings. And there was a, a thing I watched earlier in the week. They were talking to some churches. They were talking to different pastors. Because it's a big deal. This morning, if you watch the news, they are talking about where the pulp is at. And what he's doing. What all these other churches are doing. People recognize it's a, it's a big deal this week. People recognize there's something significant. But they don't always realize what's actually happening. The key is, when you look at that, do you realize what's going on? And will you respond? You see, that verse that we read this morning is probably very familiar John 3.16. It's a great verse because it really sums up all of the gospel. But you've got to first recognize who Jesus is. You've got to recognize who He is. When you look at that passage, many people will know that passage, John 3.16. But you look at the background of the passage, you understand Jesus is talking to somebody who recognizes Him but doesn't realize anything about who he's going to do and therefore don't necessarily respond to him at that, at that time. He's talking to a guy named Nicodemus. So you have your Bibles at the beginning of John 3 there's a, here it is. It says, now there was a Pharisee. Okay, a Pharisee is one of the ruling uh, people at the time. A man named Nicodemus. He was the member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God. Now stop right there. You Listen, Jesus at this time was going around. He was healing people. He was, he was performing miracles. He was saying, I'm God's son. And he's going around healing people. And so people started recognizing, okay, there's something going on with this guy. Then he predicts a number of times that he's going to go and he's going to pay the ultimate sacrifice. So Nicodemus comes to him at night and says, Jesus, Rabbi, we know you're a good teacher who has come from God. Come from God. And then Jesus responds with this. Jesus responds with this. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if, if God were not with him, says Nicodemus. Then Jesus says this. Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. So there Nicodemus says He comes to Jesus at night. Now, he's a, he's a guy that you've got to know. He's, he's trying to follow the law. He's trying to be good. He's trying to do good. He's a Pharisee. He's a ruler. So people look at him as a, kind of an upstanding citizen. And he comes, and he's living a good life. You may say he's got a good family. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a pretty good guy. He's trying to live a good life so that the good outweighs the bad. All his life. And he comes to Jesus. He, he starts to think, you know what, maybe there's something going on here. It's funny because he comes at night, too, right? He comes at night. Why would he come at night? I, I always wondered that. Maybe he's embarrassed you know, here he is, he's trying to follow the certain law that the Bible's saying, he's trying to follow the Ten Commandments, he's trying to be good, and then now he's got to come to Jesus because he goes, I, I got some questions. I also wondered, though, if he really actually came at night. It says he came at night, but we also see later from John 11 that it, Jesus says this, it's when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. So did he really come at night, or did he come confused? I don't know, I think it's both. The thing is, is that he came with questions and Jesus' has answers. He came kind of recognizing, okay, he's, Jesus is a good teacher. He might look at that painting and say, I can see some characteristics. He sees Jesus as a good teacher, but he doesn't actually see, realize what he's done. He comes, he's got questions, Jesus has answers. Whether he came at night or he was confused, either way, he came. And he had questions for Jesus. Some of you have questions this morning. You come and you go, I, I kind of know what this is about. I know Jesus. Uh, I, I recognize the tomb, I recognize the cross, but I don't realize the significance isn't it wonderful that when we come to Jesus with questions, he always responds. If you have kids, you know that when the kids come at night, you wake up and you respond to your kids, don't you? I have two kids. And uh, I, I, they, you know, when they wake up in the middle of the night, you, you don't want to wake up, but you always respond. My son, uh, he sleepwalks. And uh, it's fantastic. Um, it's always two hours after he falls asleep. And he's in middle school now, so it's getting a little creepy. Um, in fact, uh, the other night, he walked downstairs, so I heard some noise downstairs. I got all freaked out, so I said, Deb, you've got to go down and check out what's going on down <laughs> Uh Actually, two nights ago, he comes in my room and he goes, Dad, 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 Mom got the keys and she left. What are you going to do? I said, I'm going to roll over because there's a whole lot more room in the bed now. Go back to bed. <laughs> Isn't it amazing, though, when, like parents who love our kids, we respond to our kids, Jesus responds to you. you got questions, he's got answers. You come any time of day or night, he's got answers. He's got answers for you here. He had answers for Nicodemus. Nicodemus comes, he goes, hey, listen, um, I hear you're a good teacher. And Jesus just goes right to the point. He doesn't talk about, yeah, I'm a good teacher. He just goes right to the point. He knows that, that Nicodemus is kind of a legalist. He's trying to follow the rules, and so he just goes right to the heart. He goes, listen, listen, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born again. That's strange because you, Nicodemus even goes, I don't understand how you can be born again. What does that mean? What Jesus is saying is, listen, it doesn't, it's not about what you've done. It's all about what I'm going to do. You can follow the laws all day. You can follow the traditions all day. But until you realize what I've done, it's all about me, not about you. Then you can kinda come to know who I am and you can spend an eternity with me. But until that time, Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. You see... Nicodemus is that guy who's following the traditions. He's thinking that as long as he's being good, the good outweighs the bad, then it's okay. Some of us follow those traditions here. Some of you will say I'm going to come to Easter service. Glad you're here. Some of you will say I'm going to give up stuff for Lent. I grew up in New Jersey. I have never seen so many Lent Fish Fry Fridays in my life here in Pittsburgh. Like every corner, right? And people give up meat on Fridays and have no idea why. They just know that it's a tradition that's something you're supposed to do. We have a a family member who gives it up. And I asked him one time, I said, why do you do it? He goes, I have no idea. This is what you're supposed to do, right? The thing is, you could follow the traditions. You could try to be a good husband or a good wife or a good kid. You could give. You could come to church. But Jesus is saying, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with me. You could recognize who Jesus is, but until you understand that he is the way, the truth, and life, no one comes to the Father except through him, then you're just going to recognize a a face, and that's it. It's not only about recognizing who Jesus is. You've got to realize what he's done. Realize what he's done. And that's what he's saying to Nicodemus here. Nicodemus asked these questions like, I don't get it. I'm trying to be good. I'm, I'm trying to follow the law. You may say, listen, I'm trying to be good. I'm here at church on a Sunday. I don't totally understand what's going on. You've got to realize what he's done. That's where we come to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. What he's saying to Nicodemus is, he said, listen, it has nothing to do with your works, because you can't, you can't earn enough. You have sin. That's why Romans 3.23 is so clear. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have sin. You've got to face it. You are not a perfect person. You all have, you, you look at Pastor Jamie, he is not a perfect person. You look at Pastor Robbie, not a perfect person. You look at Pastor Brad up here, great dresser, but not a perfect person, right? We all have sin. As we say in Nicodemus, you've got sin, and because you have sin, we're eternally separated from God. He is so holy, he can't be around sin. That's why Romans 6 goes on to say, for the wages of sin is what? Death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What is that gift? The gift is the fact that somebody had to die, and Jesus died for you. The ultimate sacrifice. The ultimate sacrifice. It's already paid for. He did all the work. You can't, you can't make up for that work. It's already paid for. I shared this story before. and Many of you know that when my wife and I were in college, we got robbed. And uh, they came in and they broke into our apartment. Uh, we had nothing to steal, so joke's on them. But they came in, they got robbed. So we, knew, we know we needed to move out. Okay? And so we were looking for a new place. And I remember we found an apartment, but we did not have money for first and last month's rent, which you normally do for an apartment. And I remember coming into church and uh, somebody handed us money. They gave us money. It was the exact amount for the first and last month's payment. It was a miracle. We didn't have any money, and there it is. And so we were able to go and give that to the landlord and said, here it is. And he gave us a receipt and said, paid for. It's done. We didn't give him the money and said, here, we're going to give you this, but also we'll do your laundry for a month, and we'll wash your dishes. No. It's paid for. It's done. Jesus is saying the same thing on the cross. He said, listen, I've already done all the work because I love you. It's not because of what you've done. It's because I love you. 1 Peter 3 says, For Christ also suffered once for our sins. The righteous for the unrighteous, it says. To bring you to God. That's what He's doing. He's bringing you to God. Because He loves you. He suffered for you. He went to the cross for you. When you look at that cross out there, you see the nails that are in the the cross. That's, That's Jesus on the cross. On Friday we had a powerful service here, a Good Friday service, where we go through... All the words that Jesus spoke in the cross. We talk about the penalty that he paid. The fact that they whipped him. They beat him. They put a crown of thorns on him. And then they nailed him to the cross. And why did he do that? Because he did it for you. Because he loves you. Because he wants to have a relationship with you. And because of that sin, they're eternally separated. And he said, no, listen, I'm going to make the way. Once you realize what he's done, then you can respond. When I was a child, I remember getting all going to church. My parents telling me about who Jesus is. You heard the stories. I remember getting all dressed up, going to Easter service, going out for lunch, taking the pictures. Kids, moms are all the same. They all want you to dress up for Easter and they all want their pictures. Just go with it. right? And I remember going to church and knowing who Jesus is, but not really realizing what he's done for me. I looked at that picture and went, yeah, Jesus is, you know, he's a man, he was a great teacher, Uh, you know, he healed people. And it wasn't until high school that I really realized the significance of what he's done. The fact that he took my penalty on the cross for me so that I can spend eternity with him. Then he rose again three days later. We serve a living God. Once you realize it, then you can respond to it. You've got to respond to it. Just like that woman who was crying over some ridiculous painting because she realizes significance. You, once you realize what Jesus has done for you, then you can respond too. That's the response. You recognize, you realize, and you respond. You say, well, how do you respond? If it's not about works, if it's not Nicodemus, he was following the law. I'm nowhere near Nicodemus. I'm not following the law at all. In fact, I don't even know if I should be here in church this morning. You may say, there's no way. What am I supposed to do? It's super, super amazingly simple. Jesus is, all Jesus is saying is you've got to believe. You've got to believe in me. That's why Romans 10 outlines it for us perfectly. How How do we guarantee our salvation? How do we know we can spend eternity with him when we die? It's right there. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It doesn't say believe in your heart and then then you know start giving back to the poor or, or being a good husband or being a, a, a good father. It doesn't say anything like that. It just says believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Do you understand the significance of what he's done? Once you realize it, then you can respond to it. It's as simple as that, church. My hope is that when you look at your... Look at yourself here today. You say, you know what, I I may recognize that painting. I'll recognize it. Jesus' face on a postcard that we sent out. You may recognize it on the cover of your service sheet. Who this Jesus is. But when you see this, what I want you to do is realize there's significance to it. And respond. Just like that woman who looked at that painting. Just like the people that will respond and spend millions of dollars. Why? Because there's significance there. Will you respond this morning? Otherwise, it's just a painting. It's just a picture. And you'll go, great service. Somebody painted a picture. Somebody did a rap. We don't do this because we're trying to have a good service. We do this because we want you to realize the significance. Every one of the pastors that are up here, myself, Brad, Robbie, Jamie, one thing that we would want more than anything is for you to walk out of here knowing full well that you had a guarantee of salvation by responding to him, knowing that he's alive, that he went to the cross for you, It's about believing and saying a prayer and saying, Dear Lord Jesus, I understand I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I want you to save me. I believe that you died and rose again. Would you respond this today? You know, in a few minutes' time, I'm gonna ask the band to come up because we're gonna celebrate communion here. As Robbie's gonna tell you, you don't need to be a member to serve communion. This isn't like some kind of like weird ritual we do. It's not. It's a remembrance. You don't need to be a member. What we're going to do here is we're going to celebrate communion. We're going to have bread together. We're going to have uh, the cup together, symbolizing that Christ's body broke and His blood shed for us. We want you to come. If you know and love the Lord, we want you to come and be part of that. And as the band comes and prepares our hearts for that, I want you to think about whether or not you can come because you respond to Jesus. Will you respond to Him today? You know, as we close, somebody may be asking, whatever happened to Nicodemus? We don't know, Nicodemus isn't mentioned anymore in John 3. Here is this religious leader, Jesus gives him the most powerful uh, scripture of all time, is listed there in John 3, but whatever happened to him? I mean, if this is such a famous passage, you go, did, he, did Nicodemus ever respond? What, I don't, whatever happened to him? See, we don't hear anything about Nicodemus until much, much later. In fact, there's one verse later in the gospel where Nicodemus' name comes up where we realize, man, he got it. He came in with questions, but now he responded, he got it. And it was a weekend just like this one. For some of you, it's going to be this weekend for you. Because Nicodemus was there later. One verse. It was a Friday afternoon. Jesus had just died on the cross. In John 19, it says this, Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. When Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloe, about 75 pounds worth some think that 75 pounds was worth 15 to 20,000 other people say that it was worth about 200,000 either way Nicodemus responded didn't he he came with questions he recognized the face he recognized who he was but then he realized the significance and he responded will you respond this morning as well just like Nicodemus same weekend you realize the significance John 3:16 is a powerful verse it was once said and that it's 26 words of hope. God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes should not perish, but have eternal life. It begins with God, it ends with life, and urges us to do the same. It's brief enough to write on a napkin, somebody once said, to memorize, yet solid enough to weather a thousand years of storms and questions about life. If you know nothing about the Bible, someone once said, start there. If you know everything about the Bible, return there. We all need the reminder. The heart of the human problem is the heart of the human. And God's treatment is John three sixteen. He loves, he gave. He died, he arose. We believe, we live. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. Thank you that we can say with full confidence that you died and you rose again. And so we can live as well. Lord, we thank you for what you've done on the cross for us. The penalty that you paid. They whipped you. They scorned you. They tore out your beard. They put a crown of thorns on your head. They nailed you to a cross. And you let them do it. Because you had us on your mind. Lord, there's so much realization there. Help us respond to respond as we come and celebrate you Lord I pray that you be with those maybe there's one, two, three people in here today who came maybe recognizing who you were but never really realizing the significance and therefore have never responded They're trying to do it on their own or maybe they feel so terrible that they feel like they'll never make up for it, help them to realize that you're here with us today, you love us and that you simply want us to come and respond to you and believe but if that's you it's as simple as praying the prayer just like we talked about, the Bible is so simple Salvation is so simple. It's praying and asking Jesus to come into your life. If that's you, I'm going to pray a prayer. You simply can pray along with me. You're not praying it to me. You're not praying it to somebody around you. This is about you. You coming to Jesus with questions right now like Nicodemus and making that response. Would you do that here this weekend? What better weekend to do it? You simply say, Dear Lord Jesus, I understand I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I understand that you died for me and rose again. Thank you for taking my penalty on the cross. Lord, I ask that you forgive me of my sin. I ask that you come into my life and be the Lord of my life. Because I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you that I can walk out of here and not fear death because you already conquered it. And Lord Jesus, I thank you that you did do that. Thank you that it's wonderfully simple, that you can save us in a moment. And Lord, I pray that you be with those people that may have prayed that prayer here today, Lord, Help them to feel that cleansing, knowing that you love them, that you want to have a relationship with us. And as we come to your communion table now, Lord, help us to respond in an attitude of thanksgiving and praise and I ask all this in your precious name. Mm